Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for November 16th, 2020. This is the time of the week that we get together to talk about all things CircuitPython. I'm Katni, and I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python that is designed to run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. CircuitPython development is primarily sponsored by Adafruit, so if you want to support them and CircuitPython, consider purchasing hardware from Adafruit.com. This meeting is hosted on the Adafruit Discord server. You can join anytime by going to adafru.it slash discord. We hold the meeting in the CircuitPython text channel and the CircuitPython voice channel. Um, let's see. Uh, this meeting normally happens on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, except when it coincides with a U.S. holiday. If the meeting time is changed, we'll notify you via Discord. And if you wish to be notified about changes to the meeting, we can add you to the CircuitPythonistas Discord role. There's also a calendar that's available that we try to keep updated, so you can subscribe to that as well. Um, on that note, I will mention that we usually move the meetings around uh, surrounding uh, Christmas and New Year's. So pay attention uh, around that time, and we'll be sure to let you know uh, what we decide to do. This meeting is recorded. We record audio from the voice channel and video from the text channel. If you'd rather not have your voice recorded, you're still welcome to participate. The video of this meeting will be posted to YouTube, and the audio is released as a podcast. If you find this podcast is not available on your favorite service, please let us know. There is a notes doc that accompanies the meeting and the recording. If you wish to participate, but you don't have a microphone, or you'd rather not have your voice recorded, you can add your updates to the notes doc, and we'll read them off as we get to you uh, in the list. As well, if you wish to participate, but you can't make the meeting, you can leave hug reports and status updates for us in the document, and we'll read them off during the meeting. The notes document also contains timestamps, so you can go uh, through the video and skip around to the parts that interest you most. If you're just listening in, uh, please let us know that you're lurking and we'll skip over you. If possible, please add your name to the notes doc with lurking after it. Otherwise, let us know in the text channel so we can get the notes doc updated. It's, impo it's important that your lurking status is in the notes doc because that's what we read from uh, as we go through. If you, if you wish to speak during the meeting, you'll need to be added to the CircuitPythonistas role. Please let anyone in the meeting know who is an admin or moderator to add you to the role if you're not already a member. If you don't want to be added to the role, you can still participate text only. Just let us know. This meeting is held in five parts. The first part is community news, which is a look at all things CircuitPython and Python on hardware in the community. It's a preview of our Python on microcontrollers newsletter. The second part is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. It is a statistical overview of the entire project, and it's a chance for us to look at the project by the numbers, separate from what we're all up to. The third part is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to highlight the good things that folks are doing and taking the time to recognize awesome folks in our community. This section is held as a round robin where I will begin and then we'll go through the list alphabetically looping up to the top and give everyone who wants to a chance to participate. If you're lurking, I'll skip over you. If you're text only or missing the meeting, I'll read off your notes when I get to you in the list. Next, uh, fourth part is status updates. Status updates is an opportunity to sync up on what we've been up to. Take a couple minutes to talk about what you've been doing in the last week since the last meeting and what you'll be up to over the next week until the next meeting. It's also an opportunity for folks to provide tips and tricks uh, in response to others' status updates. The section also is held in a round robin. 
to give everyone a chance uh, who wants to a chance to participate. And if you're lurking, again, we'll skip over you. And if you're text only, again, I will read it off. The fifth part is in the weeds. In the weeds is an opportunity for more long-form discussions. These dis discussions can come out of status updates or be something that you've identified ahead of time is too long for status updates. If you have an in the weeds topic now, please add it to the notes document along with your name in the in the weeds section at the end of the document. If you think of them during the meeting, please add them as you come up with them. The idea here is that we're not waiting around at the end to figure out uh, what people want to discuss in the weeds. When we get to that section, I will turn it over to whomever added the topic to begin the discussion. If you're text only, make a note of that so I can read it off. And that covers how the whole meeting will go. And with that, we will move on to community news. Um, so the first thing up is the Adafruit MagTag CircuitPython e-ink display. It is the latest bit of low-power magnetic magic from Adafruit with a 2.9-inch e-paper panel that is 296 by 128 pixels and capable of 4-bit grayscale, and it has an ESP32-S2 processor uh, and definitely uh, runs CircuitPython. Uh, next up, we have a choose-your-own-adventure game um, that it uses the touchscreen control on the Adafruit Pi Portal. Uh, and that was posted to Twitter. Um, next up is a uh, grayscale party parrots uh, on one of the new uh, StemAQT grayscale um, displays. Next we have um, from Cedar Grove, putting the final touches on the Nuevo Workshop Corrosion Monitor using CircuitPython and Adafruit I.O. this time around instead of Arduino and LoRa Packet Radio. Big thanks to Davis Dells for the groovy LCARS display design. And that was posted to Instagram. Um, this uh, was posted to YouTube. It's CircuitPython DC Motor Control, how to using Pulse I.O. and the L289N driver board with an Adafruit Metro M4 Express. And finally, I thought this one was definitely worth including. Um, it's a shockingly low number. That is a days till Christmas screen on the Adabox Pi Portal uh, information device. And that was posted to Reddit. And it says 45 days until Christmas. And I imagine that that may not have been posted today. So the number's even lower. Um, so this is actually a preview of our Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. Um, it's emailed out every Tuesday. The archives are available at adafruitdaily.com. It highlights Pyth the latest Python on hardware-related news around the web, including CircuitPython, Python, and MicroPython developments. Um, you can contribute to this newsletter if you have any projects or news or ideas by uh, going to the newsletter on GitHub and putting in a PR, or you can tag at an underscore engineer on Twitter or email anb at adafruit.com. Uh, all of those are options for you to be able to um, contribute to the newsletter. And if you want to sign up for it, please go to adafruitdaily.com. It's a completely separate website from Adafruit. Um, it, there's no spam and uh, it, you have the option to sign up for a number of newsletters, but the Python for microcontrollers newsletter is available there as well. And that is community news. 
So next up is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. This is a statistical overview of the project. It gives us a chance to look at the health of the project by the numbers um, and uh, see what's going on separate from what tasks we are all working on. I will first talk about the project overall, and then I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core. I will talk about the libraries, and Melissa will talk about Blinka. So first up, overall, we had 30 pull requests merged by 17 authors, which is an amazing number. Um, there are some names there I don't recognize. Bree Field, Chad Cooster, Last Cool Name Left, uh, Dao Shen. Um, that might be, yeah, those are the names I don't recognize. Um, so thank you to all of our authors. And there were 13 reviewers. Um, I believe Gambler21 is new to reviewing. I could be wrong, um, but I don't remember seeing them there before. Um, and the more reviewers we have, the better, because we're able to support more authors, as is indicated by that high number of authors. And we had 27 closed issues by 14 people and 13 opened by 11 people. So the project overall is down on issues, which is excellent to see. And with that, I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Okay, so for the core stats, we had four pull requests merged from four different authors. So thank you to all our authors. We had four reviewers to match up, up as well. Uh, we have 25 open pull requests, which is a bit higher than we normally have. Uh, although a number of those are open zero days, we don't really have any that have been languish languishing a bit too long. Uh, but please keep that in mind that uh, if you have an open pull request, uh, if it's not going to get checked in, please close it. Um, if uh, you're still working on it, um, either make sure it's draft or otherwise. Um, so take a look at that. Uh, Issues-wise, we had three closed issues by two people and five open by four people. So we're net up two for a total of 329 open issues. Uh, we track the severity or importance of those based on the milestone. Um, so we have one issue not assigned to milestone, and we have uh, zero for 6.0 open, uh, which is really good. And then we have 28 total marked with 6.x, so things we want to do in the 6x series. Uh, and then we also have support in long term and libraries and stuff too. So uh, if you want to see all of that, uh, check out get, github.com slash Adafruit slash CircuitPython slash issues for all the details there. Um, overall, uh, we're really close to a 6.0 stable. Uh, Dan will talk about that more. And then um, expect to see a 6.1 pre-release as well. Um, and as always, if you're using the ESP32S2, please use the 6.1 pre-releases. Uh, we're just doing a lot of work on the S2 right now, and that's where uh, you're going to see it. And uh, that's it for the core. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. Next up is the libraries. And this covers all of the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries, um, which is every library that uh, begins with Adafruit underscore CircuitPython underscore. We had 25 pull requests merged from 13 authors, including all the names I read off earlier, so thank you to all of our new contributors, and 11 reviewers, um, leaving us with 31 open pull requests. We, in terms of merged pull requests, we closed out two that were 86 and 75 days old respectively, which is great. 
we have some older PRs um, that have been sitting for various and sundry reasons. And so it's really great to see that we're still paying attention to those and getting those uh, taken care of. We had 22 issues closed by 12 people and seven open by seven people, meaning we are definitely covering uh, getting taking care of some of those issues. And that leaves us with 228 open issues. Um, there are nine good first issues. Uh, if you are interested in contributing to CircuitPython, the libraries are a great place to start. Um, it gives you the opportunity to uh, contribute using um, Python uh, versus contributing to the core. Um, you can go to circuitpython.org contributing and you will see all of this information available. Uh, there will be a list of open pull requests, a list of open issues, um, and some library infrastructure issues. And all of those are opportunities for you. If you are looking to um, contribute uh, by reviewing, you can click on any of the PRs, take a look at them, look at them for syntax. If you have the hardware, test them. Just let us know that you've taken a look. Any help is amazing. Um, if you want to actually start tackling uh, putting in your own PRs, take a look at the open issues. Uh, those nine good first issues are excellent uh, if you are just getting started. If you're looking for something more complicated or um, involved, try searching for bug or enhancement, um, and that will give you uh, a bunch of places to start. There is a guide on contributing to CircuitPython using Git and GitHub, and that will get you started um, on the actual process of contributing. So don't let either of those things intimidate you. Um, the guide is available, and we are always available to help. We want to enable you to join us um, if that is on your list of things to do. So in terms of library updates, we had one new library in the last seven days, and that's the Adafruit CircuitPython MagTag library, and a number of library updates uh, that I will not read off. However, I will note that there was another update to the um, CircuitPython community bundle, which is excellent to see as well. In terms of libraries, um, we're continuing to see more libraries added, which is great. Um, I'm always excited to see the updates to the CircuitPython community bundle. It seems like at least weekly there has been some kind of update either to an existing library or adding a new library. Um, for your own information, the CircuitPython community bundle is libraries that aren't necessarily supported by Adafruit but work with CircuitPython and we want to make them available to um, all of you folks. Uh, and so we created the community bundle. Um, everyone who's been working on libraries, thank you very much. Um, the continued updates are great to see. Um, and I think that's about what I've got for libraries. So with that, I will turn it over to Melissa to talk about Blinka. Hello, this is for Blinka, which is our CircuitPython compatibility layer for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. This week, we had one pull request merged by one author and two reviewers. Uh, there are five open pull requests at the moment, uh, as far as dating back to several years ago, it looks like. Um, there are currently, there were two closed issues by two people and one open by one person, um, leaving a net of 46 open issues. There were 1,983 PyPA downloads in the last week, and we currently support 60 boards on Blinka. And that's it. Congratulations on 60 boards. <laughs> Thanks. All right. 
and that is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka, which means next up is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity for us to highlight the awesome things that folks are doing in our community. Um, basically, if you had a positive interaction or you wanted to highlight something that someone helped you with or something that you watched someone help someone else with or that sort of thing, uh, this is the uh, time in this meeting that we take to make sure that we have the opportunity to highlight those folks. Um, it is held as a round robin where I will start and read off my hug reports and then I will go through the list alphabetically. Uh, there are some folks that are lurking that I will skip over. There are some folks that were text only or are lurking and have notes in the document and I will read those notes as I get to them. So um, even if you're up next alphabetically, there may be notes uh, that happen before it's your turn. And I will read those off and then let you know when it's time for you to read your own. So with that, take a timestamp and we'll get started. Um, so first and foremost, a hug to Jeff for a much needed chat. Um, I wanna give a huge hug report to Foamy Guy for always stepping up to take on any quests. Um, we had, uh, the, this came out of last week. Um, John Park was trying to use the slideshow library with the MagTag board and it doesn't quite work the same. And he was able to get it to work but the simple test that is in the library won't work as is. And I figured, you know, Foamy Guy could take a look at it, asked him if he was willing, and of course he stepped right up, said he was already working with that library and that he would take care of getting it to uh, work the same way. So, um, and then uh, every time I've ever uh, had any quests, um, he steps up. So I just, huge hug report for that. Um, hug report to the community moderators on Discord for handling a flurry of issues in the last couple days. Um, I came back to a lot of notifications, but everything had been handled, which is great. Um, hug report to Dan for doing the CircuitPython releases. Um, we've been doing a lot of them, which was always our plan was to try and do pretty consistent and often releases, um, but they are quite involved. And so it's, it's excellent that Dan has been doing that and I have a group hug. Next, I have notes for Kevin Thomas, who has a hug report for Foamy Guy for partnering with me to get the CircuitPython IoT Trivia OLED version tutorial started on the Feather S2 that we are looking to complete this week or early next week, and for helping me to build my Featherwing Doubler prototyping add-on for Feather boards. Next up is Maker Melissa. I had a hack report for those who are continuing to work on the request library and make it better. A uh, hack report for Foamy Guy for continuing to contribute with the display and e-ink stuff and a group hug in general. Excellent. Thank you. Next up, I have uh, notes for three folks um, and then Scott will be up. So first up, um, from Mark Gambler. Uh, Hug report to Dan H for the great link to the GitHub tags and branches that he posted. Then I have some notes for Microdev, who has a group hug for the community. A hug report for Jeff E for working on consistent error checking in the ESP IDF calls. 
and to Dan H. and Tan Newt for taking uh, the Deep Sleep API even further. I have some notes from Mr. Certainly, who says, Thanks to the entire mod team for an excellent job handling recent DM spam, and a group hug to everyone for everything you do, making this a place that so many are happy to be a part of. And next up is Scott. Hello. Uh, just to echo some of the other ones, uh, hug report to all the Discord mods who help deal with the DM spam increase. Uh, especially, it's nice when I wake up in the morning and see that it's already been handled. So thank you to everybody for being responsive with that. Uh, thank you to C. Walter for the supervisor level allocation changes. I'm excited to look at the PR. Uh, thank you to Benny E. H. H. and Jepler for the immense help with the TLS issue. Um, yeah, living in the Pacific time zone is a superpower. Yeah, it's good, except all of the East Coast people have a chance to like send me email. Um, so I wake up to it. And uh, lastly, a hug report to Foamy Guy for helping folks on the Discord and releasing requests 1.8.1 over the weekend, which fixes the issue with Split, I believe. And that's it for me. Excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Next up is Zoltan. Thanks, Katnia. So um, this week I have two hugs lined up. Um, the first one should go to Scott for helping me out with an embarrassing mistake. Uh, sorry, Scott, for that. Uh, but again, thanks for helping me out with that. And the second, um, I, I would like to acknowledge Jeff's um, suggestion on using uh, function pointers. Um, he dropped this comment uh, two weeks ago in the read section that I sort of hijacked. and. <clears throat> I, I started to to work this out, and I realized that this was really a stroke of a genius, and it's a it's a brilliant idea. idea. So um, I really appreciate that, Jack Jeff. And with that, back to you, Katni. All right, thank you. Next up, I have notes from a couple people. Uh, first up is C Grover, who is text only today. Group hug to the team and community. To David Beasley, author of Python Essential Reference, I'm wearing out the fourth edition. Dog-eared corners, highlights, and penciled-in circuit Python specifics abound. And to my brother for hours of discussions about coding practice and structure. Next, I have notes for Charles Burniford, who is text-only as well, or lurking, uh, but has a group hug to all. And next, I have one note from... Uh, Dakota Redstone, who says lurking, but loving the entire Adafruit community, hugs to all. Next up is Dan. I'd like to thank um, Scott, uh, who I've had continuing conversations with about uh, working on this, the API, the user visible API for, for sleep. Um, those have been very helpful. Uh, thanks to Jeff for um, a lot of work especially over the weekend on the TLS certificate issue on the ESP32-S2, which he's found a very interesting thing, I think, in, in conjunction with some other people, um, and submitted a pull request to, to ESP-IDF for that. And thank you to you, Katni, for um, working on learn guides for these idiosyncratic new products that use the ESP32-S2, which have weird printouts, weird bootloaders, and a number of other weirdnesses that require a whole new set of how do we explain this kind of thinking? All right. Yeah, and thank you for helping with explaining that kind of thinking. Um, so next up, I have notes from David Gloud, who says, uh, regarding the PM 
uh, or PM25 library rather, to Katni and Guy for pushing my PR and adapting the relevant guide. And regarding the MagTag library to Maker Melissa for the library and adding, CircuitPyth adding to circuitpython.org and Katni for the learn guide and everyone else for the code examples. I have notes from Dave P who's lurking but has a group hug for being a community that welcomes participation. I have notes from D Harada who is lurking but has a group hug. And next up is Foamy Guy. All right, thanks, Katni. Uh, this week I have a hug for a GitHub user, IOT49. Um, I think they might be new to the project, but they created a PR to add uh, something called message pack into the core, which is kind of an interesting way to pack up data into a really small um, size, as far as I understand it, at least. I had never heard of that before, but that looks really cool. I'm excited to see uh, what comes from that. To uh, Kmatch98 for... Um, Making a quick fix in the bitmap label um, over the weekend, I found something where it wasn't initializing if the text was empty, and uh, Kmatch got that fixed up real fast. Uh, thank you uh, to echo what David said. Thank you to Katni for the the MagTag guide, and Melissa as well for the MagTag library, and uh, you know everyone else who's been doing um, work lately on the ESP32 S2 port and the MagTag in particular. I know it's uh, gotten a lot of improvements over even just the last few days. So huge thanks for all of that. Um, to uh, on Discord, uh, Luz Theron Telemann. Um, I've seen offering uh, lots of great help to people in the help with CircuitPython room. Uh, so big thanks there. Um, and to, of course, the, the Discord, uh, Discord moderators uh, for helping deal with the wave of um, spams that came up last week. And then lastly, uh, for Carter, uh, made a, a really nice uh, learn guide page that shows how to set up various external displays. Uh, so I think that'll be a great. Uh, great help. So thank you to Carter for that. Excellent. Next up is Higher Effect. Okay. Um, uh, thanks this week to Scott for uh, having a conversation, catching me up on um, some UDP stuff uh, last week uh, that I've been working on. Um, thanks to uh, MinoDev on uh, the Arduino end of things, I'm, uh, I've been taking stuff over from CircuitPython and putting it in Arduino for uh, the NeoPixel, and he's been helping out with some of, answering some of my questions about that. Um, thanks just this morning to uh, Jeff, Dan, and you, Katni, for some Git tips <laughs> that I got a little bit, a little bit annoyed about. Um, and uh, thanks everybody who's working on the low power API. I've just kind of been lurking on that, but it looks really cool, and uh, I'm excited about it. So. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. Excellent. Next up is Jeff. Hi, I'm going to echo what a lot of people said and thank the mods for detailing for dealing with some of these bad actors over the weekend. It's unfortunate that they get to do their spam to people before we can stop them, but uh, at least we cleaned up what we could. And thanks to Scott for our conversation. I think that was Friday where we synced up about SSL and just talked about a few other things. Thanks to Dan for continuing to take on the release process. Really excited to see version six come out. And uh, thanks to C. Walter for continued work on improving the so-called supervisor allocator. Um, this is really, looks like it's gonna be a tremendous ease for uh, code that formerly had to work harder to work with both kinds of allocators. So that is really nice. Thanks. All right. Next up is Jerry. Hi, hello. 
Um, yeah, thanks to, to Benny E and, and, and Jeff and, and, and all the others who really dove in and finally fixed that the TLS issue of the ESP32 S2. It's nice to have cheer lights running again on ESP32 S2s. Looks great. And um, and special thanks to Foamy Guy and, and Sedacious and, and all the other moderators who stepped in to take over. <laughs> um, and I was running out of steam uh, with that moderation issue last week. Thank you. All right. Thanks everyone. That Thank is you. Hug Reports. Next up is status, Next updates. Up is status updates. Jerry, can you mute? Thank you. All right. So status updates is an opportunity for all of us to sync up on what we've been up to since the last meeting and what we're going to be doing until the next meeting. Um, what we'll do is uh, same round robin uh, format. Uh, take a couple minutes to let us know what you've been up to um, and what you're going to be up to and feel free if there's something fun that you've been up to over the last week um, or going to be up to over the next week to let us know. Uh, we've heard about all kinds of projects. It doesn't necessarily have to be CircuitPython related. Um, so with that, I will get started. Um, so last week, published the MagTag guide. It still needs a single GIF added, um, but other than that, the guide is pretty much ready to go, uh, including uh, super detailed pinouts, um, which if you're new to the board, uh, could end up being super helpful, just letting you know where everything is and what all the features are. Um, we have a cookie cutter for creating um, the repositories on GitHub that host our PCB files. And um, I had a PR merged to update that to default to the main branch instead of the master branch when the local copy is created by Git, because Git does not do that by default, but our GitHub does. Um, started the What CircuitPython Board is Right for You guide. Um, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi enabled boards pages are done, and I started the built-in display page. And then today so far, updated the schematic on the CircuitPython Bluefruit guide downloads page, um, finished the built-in display page uh, in the board selector guide, um, and something else I didn't add here, um, I added a quick note to the Itsy Bitsy NRF52840 guide. I was pinged on Discord. Um, a user found the fact that the three the pin labeled 3V, it was not clear that it was 3.3 volts. So um, a quick note fixed that up. Um, so it should be clearer now. So for the rest of today and this week, um, next up for the board selector guide is little boards. Um, so tiny boards, small boards, wee boards, maybe call them Lilliputian boards, I don't know. Um, add the GIF of entering the ROM bootloader of the, on the mag tag to the ROM bootloader page. There's already a GIF on there of how to do it um, for the Metro ESP32 S2, uh, but it's necessary right now to install CircuitPython, so we want to add one for the mag tag as well. Um, I belated hug report to Foamy Guy for adding uh, MagTag support to the PyBadger library. Um, testing that update is high on my priority list. So depending on how much time I have left today after dealing with this meeting, it'll get tested today or that'll be first thing tomorrow. Um, and then lower on the priority list is the um, frizzing object for the BME 280 and updating the guide for the BME280 with the STEMIQT version. The pinouts are the same, 
So it's lower priority because it's not, since it's, there's not really any difference between the two, it's still not going to be hard for you to figure out how to use the board with the current guide. Um, also not added to the notes uh, from the meeting that we had right before this, the final things that are going to be added to the which board is right for you guide are SD card options. Um, so boards that have SD card built in um, and are good for data logging. A page on chipsets that explains the difference between the different chipsets and what's good about them and why you would use one over the other. Um, and things that CircuitPython doesn't run on as well. So once all those pages are in place, that board will get, or that guide rather, will get published. Um, it's basically, despite the fact that on CircuitPython.org you can punch in features and find boards that have features, um, you might not know why you would choose one board over another. So it's uh, got a couple of sentences for every board that just explains, you know, what combination of features it has and why it would be good for one project over another. Uh, so that should be in place and a great place for those of you who get questions from folks on Discord and that kind of thing about what CircuitPython board should I start with. Um, it'll be a good guide to head to and also if you are curious about what uh, CircuitPython board might be right for you. Um, and that is, uh, well I guess my, my over the weekend thing was um, I replaced a toilet. So that, and it went well which is good because it is my understanding that it can also go very badly. Um, with that, I have notes for uh, Kevin Thomas that I will read off. Um, so last week, Kevin Thomas created a Microbit V2 promotional video introducing the talking educational database feature, created a Microbit version 2 C library tutorial to build custom C libraries into the Microbit version 2 firmware, created a Microbit version 2 Python module tutorial to build custom Python modules into the Microbit version 2 firmware, and worked with FoamyGuy to start the CircuitPython IoT trivia app for the Feather S2 that we are looking to complete early this week, or complete this week or early next week. And uh, this week, continue to work with FoamyGuy on development of the CircuitPython IoT trivia app. And next up is Maker Melissa. Hello. Last week, I wrote the MagTag library and got that added into the bundle. I started working on a web serial ESP tool for being able to load uh, stuff onto the ESP32 S2 boards. And uh, I fixed uh, some board issues on circuitpython.org. Uh, this week, I am going to fix an issue with I'm working on fixing an issue with the 1.3 inch display on the Raspberry Pi. Uh, makes, I'm going to make some improvements to the MagTag library. Work, uh, I'll work on fixing the Web Bluefruit Playground app. Uh, I'm going to take a look at the BNO 055 for not working with Web Serial. And I'll work on that Web Serial ESP tool some more. And that's it. Great. Um, so. Mark, it says text only, probably. Are you still text only, or would you like to read off your status update? I am going to assume text only. Uh, so last week, took Adafruit underscore bus underscore device uh, in the core out of draft. And this week, not sure yet. Next up, I have notes for microdev who is text only. 
Last week, I added default pin definitions for my micro S2, added PCNT reset on user code reload, and worked on implementing Watchdog, NVM, Frequency IO, and I2C peripheral for the ESP32 S2. This week, I plan to continue my work on the I2C peripheral, and we'll be working on implementing more modules to further enhance the capabilities of the ESP32 S2 port. And next up is Scott. Hello. Um, last week, I ran down the grayscale init problem for eInk, which meant that the grays were different between Arduino and CircuitPython. Uh, while I was in there, I noticed a Luma comp computation bug, which is the like uh, underlying math for converting colors to uh, grayscales. So that was good. If, you, if you've ever noticed that blue in your picture is not well represented, there is a reason, uh, and it should be fixed. Um, I squeezed down the Metro M0 build uh, so that that could fit in there. Um, and I should say that I also um, added the built-in display to the to the mag tag as well. So you can just do board.display and get the get the um, e-paper display object back. Um, I squeezed the M0 down by disabling weak module links, uh, which only impacts OS and time on uh, full builds. So that saved us about 100 bytes or so. Um, Thursday, I was working on the TLS issue with io.adafruit.com, and Jepler just breezed by me and figured out what the issue was, which is awesome. Um, this week, uh, I got to get caught up on PRs and things. And uh, I will be uh, bug hunting after that. So putting my efforts uh, wherever I see them uh, being most useful, whether it's sleep-related or SSL-related or um, Lady also just filed an issue for JSON parsing being slow. So I have an idea of how to speed that up. So I may do that as well. Um, and I'll be taking Friday off to have a long weekend. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. Excellent. Have fun on your long weekend. Mm -hmm. All right. So next up is Zoltan. Thanks, Katni. So um, in, in the past two weeks, I have partially implemented Jeff's idea of using uh, function pointers. Um, and uh, I already know that this leads to massive uh, savings in, in flash space or firmware size. Um, I, I will have to figure out exactly which function or which, uh, yeah, right, so which Python functions uh, could benefit from from this, but uh, I think this was really uh, a good idea. Um, in addition, I, I added two new functions and uh, um, following up on a feature request, expose the D type um, and uh, have been fixing smaller bugs. And uh, I think this is my plan for the for the coming week. And with that, back to you, Katni. All right, excellent. Okay, next up, I believe I have notes. Yep. From uh, C. Grover, who is text only today, designed the dust proof enclosure for the finished Nuevo Workshop Corrosion Monitor. Very stable with CircuitPython 6RC0. Adafruit.io is working nicely. Many trials and tribulations, creating abstracted sensor classes and a robust automated display scheme while managing memory use. Wonderful learning opportunity. The DC Motor Characterization Apparatus project will commence later this week with the construction of the 2020 frame and installation of torque measuring load cells. The device is based on the Feather M4 Express, a TFT display, 
two feather motor wings, two INA-260 breakouts on a custom wing, and a custom dual 24-bit DAC wing for the load cells running CircuitPython, of course. The project is an automated dynamometer that will be used to characterize small DC motors, particularly to test and verify some new ideas to increase low-speed torque. And next up is Christian Walter. Yesterday I have finally got those pull requests ready for the movable supervisor allocation system that I've been working on for a while that allows uh, carrying information from one VM run into the next. Uh, first of all, I would like to say that by no means am I expecting you to accept this. It's just a proposal. It, it allows to implement certain features that have been requested, but I have no opinion on how important these are. Uh, there was a small issue on some boards that I didn't notice that I will fix in the coming days on the um, MIMX boards and ESP32 boards. Plus, it turned out that the features that I implemented on top of that, uh, first, the setting which file to run on the next run, and second, carrying uh, an exception traceback from the previous run into the next, uh, those overflow to flash space on some of the smaller boards. And so I was wondering, is there any standard procedure how you prioritize features that go on these small boards that don't have space for everything? I don't know, maybe we can discuss that in the weeds if, if people are interested in discussing that. Um, that would be an excellent in the weeds topic. There's not, okay. there's not really a standard procedure, so I think it's definitely worth um, popping that into the weeds and we can uh, discuss it there. Okay. Excellent. Um, so that means next up is Dan. Um, <clears throat> all right, so last week I released uh, Art Release Candidate 2 of CircuitPython 600. Um, we decided there were very minor changes, but we decided we didn't want to do a, um, a general availability release late in the week because then we tend to get problems reported over the weekend when we can't fix them as fast. But um, based on the fact that nothing has come up with this release, uh, I hope to turn this into 6.0 final, maybe after this meeting, and I'll, we can discuss that in In the Weeds. Uh, another thing that came up was that we've had a couple of people who are still using Windows 7, and they had trouble because there aren't, weren't any drivers for the brand new board, such as the Cutie Pie. And so I updated the Windows drivers package to include those new boards, and I did it by hand this time, but that's the last time I'm going to do that. I now know how to automate that. So I'll be doing that the next time, which we'll probably just do on demand because there are so few uh, Windows 7 uh, users these days. We encourage everyone to upgrade if you haven't already, and it's still free, believe it or not. If you want details, you can ask me later. Um, and finally, I've been uh, pondering the user visible part of the uh, Light Sleep Deep Sleep API and talking to Scott a lot about that. And I started with a branch that he had, which um, had some of that done and also some of the code that MicroDev has been working on. And I'm taking that from there. Okay. Great. All right. Next up, I have notes from David Gloud, who is uh, lurking, but 
has a status update. So um, first up, the CircuitPython meeting timestamp encoder for the clue, and there is a link to that, and for the QtPy, which uses the scroll lock key. Um, if I remember correctly, that's code that uh, there's one button or something that um, sets it to zero, and then it uses uh, HID to uh, provide a timestamp from zero forward um, if you press a key or a button on the board, depending on which board it is. Um, Reevaluating what is needed to make the Enviro plus Featherwing more CircuitPython standard. Uh, in terms of PM25, retested the merged code. Works, but I have a lot of UART errors. Is it the cable? Made a PR with the best improvement from Gadgetoid and tested the UART active mode. Trying to close enough clock to see if I can port that from the matrix portal to the MagTag portal. And then new hardware for an ESP32 S2 week. Feather S2 arrived, but no UF2 and no CircuitPython troubleshooting right now. And MagTag is hostage from DHL despite paying import tax seven days ago. Next up is Foamy Guy. All right, thanks, Katni. Uh, so I had uh, I still had a couple extra days off, so I got kind of a long list this week, but I am back to work now, so I'll probably be back to a normal size next week. But I did, uh, I think as Kevin noted, I was working on the a trivia app that lets you pull, it will pull a trivia question and then let you answer from uh, the four answers and then it'll tell you if you're correct. And Kevin also added a um, feature for it to keep score. So that runs on the unexpected maker Feather S2 with an OLED Featherwing. Uh, we're working on this week to port it to a little bit bigger screen and add some more functionality to it. Um, last week I added the, um, the, I guess aliases, I'm not sure what they're called, but the things that make board.spi and board.itc and board.uart uh, work. So those were not in the unexpected maker Feather S2. Um, so I managed to figure out where to put those and uh, it actually worked. So that was really cool. It's only second time I've uh, really made an actual change inside the course. So I was really excited about that. Um, tested a bunch of MagTag demos over the weekend. I got mine on Saturday. So uh, hit the ground running, testing out stuff there. Um, I added support to the PyBadger library uh, for the MagTag, uh, or very, the very basics of support. Um, and in doing so, I found uh, my next uh, item here, which is uh, a, a, seems like a bug with GamePad on the ESP32 S2. Uh, the values for get press get stuck at zero after you reboot with uh, Control C and Control D, like through the REPL. Uh, but the values of the digital IOPens uh, stay correct. So I think it's something specific to GamePad. Um, upcoming next week, I want to work on a way uh, in the slideshow library to have it do text slides. Um, so I think I had mentioned previously about making it play nicely with other things on the screen. My intention always was to get it to be able to go back and forth between images and text. And after thinking about it a little more, I think uh, it makes sense to make that slideshow library just do the text slides also instead of trying to hide itself and then show some text. Um, so I'm going to tinker around with that this week. Um, I got uh, a second one of the, the matrices, 32 by 64 matrices. So I'm going to play around with the big, the big chain together screen this week. That's on my list of things. Um, I'm going to go and start updating the, the display IO uh, examples in various different repos to use, um, to make sure that they use the display variable and to add a comment that links people to that great uh, new guide page. And then lastly, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this. This has been something in the back of my mind for a while, but there's a it's wrap nicely function. I think it's in the PyPortal library or somewhere like that, um, and it's able to wrap some text into multiple lines based on how many characters you want on each line, which ultimately tends to get based on the 
the width of the display. Um, and it's, I think it was put into PyPortal because it was specific to the display size. I would love to get a more generic function to do that, put into display text, like on the label or somewhere inside there so that we can use um, that within some of these other libraries and we don't necessarily have to copy that wrap nicely code around to so many different places. Um, but yeah, that's what I got. Thanks, Kenny. Sounds great. Thank you. Next up is higher effect. Alrighty. Um, this week uh, is more or less just the same as last week because uh, I got a little bit derailed um, by some other stuff. Um, so I'll be working on uh, UDP, which is basically just working through a bunch of compiler errors and trying to make sure that everything goes through properly. Um, probably going to do a little bit more work on my SPI peripheral module, um, which is also having some issues. Um, and, uh, oh, that's both of those things are what I was doing last week. So more or less just carrying it over. Um, and uh, this week I'm going to try and figure out a better COVID situation for myself because, um, yeah, the one that I'm in isn't really working that well. So uh, hopefully we'll be a little bit more on task in the coming weeks. So good luck with that and definitely stay safe. All right, next up is Jeff. Hello again. So uh, last week, I finally made some headway on the audio output on the ESP32-S2. Um, I have some lovely looking um, captures of the digital signals on um, the Salier, and I'm, I'm watching my 3D print and it just failed. So um, anyway, I tracked down in PR to fix for the ESP32-S2 problem with SSL certificates that was affecting IO and ThingSpeak. And I broke and then fixed the request library. And my uh, excuse is, but the tests passed. Uh, this week, I'm looking into a reported ESP32-S2 I2C problem, but I'm not reproducing it as reliably as Lady 80 yet. So uh, still uh, kind of at the looking into it phase. and. Once I've uh, concluded that in some way, I'm returning to ESP32-S2 audio. Excellent. Thank you. Next up is Jerry. Yeah, hello. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so most of the week we just spent trying to test the uh, fixes for the ESP32 when they came out and, and playing my new mag tag I got on Saturday as well. Lots of, lots of fun there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the moderation stuff kind of burned me out last week, and I think I think I'm gonna sort of stay away from the moderation moderation for a week, so just to regain some perspective. And um, I'm not gonna have much time this week anyway for, for much of anything due to some other other demands. So mostly just trying to keep up with things, keep an eye on what's going on. Well, good luck with that. Thanks. So Jerry, we could do a couple things. Um, do you want to get out of the community moderators role for a bit, so you don't get pinged? Uh, no, it's okay. Um, I can I can ignore them. <laughs> okay, because the other thing we could do is we could we could also create a a role that has all the same permissions but doesn't get pinged um, as a way to like give people a break as well. So you'll still have the ability to moderate if you see it, but you won't get pinged if it comes up. Um, it's not a problem for me, um, if, but you know, if, if it's a general, you know, push for that, that'd be fine. Um, I just, I just need to ignore it, which I can do. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Just, yeah, just yeah, know just, that's an option, and we need yeah, to be thanks. very careful about giving people the space. Thanks. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate it. 
And that's the case both for our moderators and everyone. Um, if you are in a situation where you're starting to get burned out, um, please step away and feel free to let us know so that uh, we're not concerned if that's something you're worried about. Um, and we will be sure to uh, pass that on to anyone that uh, needs to know it. But we will always support folks taking a break um, to avoid burnout. So that really applies, I think, to everyone. Um, and that is status updates. Um, so next up is In the Weeds. Uh, in the Weeds is an opportunity for longer form discussions. Um, they are sometimes identified ahead of time as in the first two that are in, uh, in the weeds today. And sometimes they come out of uh, status updates as in the third one that is in, in the weeds today. So uh, all ways for us to have in the weeds topics. Um, I will turn it over to each person who uh, posted the topic to talk about it. And then um, those of us who have input on it, uh, feel free to reply and um, join the discussion. So with that, I will turn it over to Jerry to uh, discuss his topic. Yeah, hopefully, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but it came up, um, somebody it pointed out a, a, an error in one of the, the RF, RFM69 guides. So quickly went and fixed that in the guide. And when I was doing that, I looked at, there, there's been some changes to the guide that I hadn't even paid attention to. Um, and since the RFM69 and 9X are two good examples of non, typically non-UF2 boards, um, I, I wonder, is, is there sort of an official policy or a guide? Do we want to encourage users to upgrade the bootloader, to change the bootloader over to the UF2 bootloader, um, which now apparently um, nicely can be done via Arduino without a J-Link. So you know, it can be done by anybody following the guide. But um, I just wanted to get a sense, is, is, is that the direction we really want to sort of push people? The way the guide, that guide is written, excuse me. Sorry, I have to ignore that. Um, that um, the, you know, it really, the, the way the warning was put on there, it says you, you must up upgrade to use CircuitPython. That's really not true. You can still use the BOSA bootloader. Um, and, and in fact, the instructions are right there. So I just, I just want to check in with people and see what's the guidance you want to give there. I think we could remove the you must, if that's true, I will. Yeah, I, I can go edit those or somebody, somebody else. Yeah, I think, that's I, fine. think that should be reworded. <laughs> I think that, that must be really old, yeah. Because maybe yeah, actually, yeah, I, don't, I don't remember ever seeing it before. It just I, I don't know where it came from. But yeah, um, it is, and, and then a link should be added to show it doesn't. It right, right now it just says you must do it, but it doesn't tell you how. <laughs> so at a minimum, too, we should put a link in over to the the guide that um, Sean Heimel put in that, that tells you how to how to actually use the Arduino to to load the new bootloader if you want to. But um, but BOSA uh, works fine too, so you know I, I don't I don't know that we need to discourage people from using it. We, yeah, we've had people brick their boards when they do this, so it depends on how adept they are. And yeah, I think you can brick it either way. You can brick it with BOSA now if you're not careful too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, yeah. So. 
so, and your question about whether they're still shipped? Yeah. Uh, are, so, are, are are those are those boards like the M0 Basic and the and the RFN boards still shipped with the with the Bosa bootloader? Some of them are because we have deeper stock. Okay. Some of them are because the testers haven't been update up updated. Okay. The factory testers, which do the initial load. So I think the answer is yes. It's decreasing, <laughs> but it's still true that there are some, and some people, and people always have ones that they've squirreled away in their closets, and then right. they take them out. So, so, uh, so is is new stock being put? You know, tubular loader is now the standard. New boards, yes, yeah. but e e we might make a run of an old board and not revise the tester if we don't have time. Right. Okay. okay, so I, I so. I'll be happy to go in and make some edits to that guide, or if, if you want to do it, you, you're welcome to, um, just to sort of clean up that, that language. Um, and, yeah, go ahead. And okay. you can think there is a link, there is a mirrored page or something somewhere that says how to use the INO um, updater. So, okay. I'll uh, at least put a link into it and figure out how to get to that. Okay. Um, and then. Yeah, I think that was. Oh yeah, okay. So I just want to check, make sure nobody else was was working on those guides. So I'll, I'll try and do a little little cleanup in them. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Next up is Dan. Next up is Dan. Okay. So the question, simple question. Um, do anybody does anybody think that we should not try to release six zero zero today since we've had no complaints about RC two? No, I think. 6.0 final today is great. Um, sorry. Um, so I, I will do that after the meeting then. And I think early the earlier in the week, the better, for the yeah. exact reason that yeah, you didn't I'll release it last week. Before I get back to doing anything else. Okay, great. Perfect. All right. And for the final topic, uh, Christian Walther. Uh, so some of these features I'm introducing in my new pull requests uh, appear to overflow the flash on some of the smaller boards. Uh, I hope the infrastructure bit won't, but I'm not sure because that build failed due to uh, unrelated reasons. But the, the features will probably have to be made optional. And so I was wondering, how do you decide which features should be enabled or disabled on these small boards? How have you done this in the past? For the most part, it turns into a discussion. Um, we sometimes disable things um, in smaller builds so that you know other things can be enabled depending on um, what it is. And very rarely we do multiple builds for um, individual boards, but that's extremely rare. Um, it really, it, it'll just, it'll just, we'll just open a discussion and the PR is one good place for that discussion. Okay. It also depends on like how big it is. Right. Uh, like if it's like over a K, then like usually you want to isolate it and not have it on for the smallest builds. Like basically the smallest builds have to stay what they are unless by some miracle, we get bytes back, which usually happens with new, new uh, compiler versions. Right. Um, 
so we can have a discussion at that point. But uh, I fully intend on looking at your PRs today, and I'll, I'll give more specific feedback once I look and looked at them. Okay, there's no hurry from my part. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I'm excited about it. Like, it's definitely a feature that I'd like to see, especially I'd like to, like, you laid the foundation for doing the USB descriptor stuff. Like, I'd love to be able to to do more USB things, especially as the IMX comes, uh, yeah. because that has high-speed USB, so we can be a lot more flexible. Um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in it. I'm not sure there's a lot of benefit on the SAMD 21s, but... Um, whether we include it or not depends a lot on just like the trade-offs we're making and uh, how much space we actually need. I, I would say that I have a lot of I have a lot of um, requests to do HID stuff on Sandy Twenty Ones for simple things. So mm -hmm. actually making that possible is actually there's actually a pen of pen up demand for that. Right, different HID descriptors. Yeah, yeah, just turning them on and off at least. Yeah. Right. We're turning off MSC. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the high level is we'd love to have it in the same D21s. We just got to figure out how to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then let's see how it goes. There's also a possibility. Dan and I were discussing a bit about um, like maybe removing some of the status LED flashing code. Um as we move to a world where we don't want the LED to be on all the time when with sleep. So there's there's a chance we could we could free up some bytes that way as well. Um, so we've got a few options. It's it's very tight. Um, but I also do know that like I'm using GCC 10.2 on my box and we get like 2000 bytes back. So we're really just waiting for ARM to release a, a GCC 10 version based on that, that because it looks pretty good. And they release about every six months. So they're due for one in the next month or two. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, I did, like, I discussed it on my stream on Friday as well and had some folks that were kind of interested in the, like, string compression stuff as well. So there's there's a possibility we could get some space back by doing more... Improving the string compression or... Compressing more strings. It would also be interesting to see if we could. I mean, we talked about can can the string library be moved externally so that you could have you could switch languages by changing a file in CircuitPy or something like that, right. which is the way to gain space back and also reduce the number of builds we have to do and some other things. So that's at the at the cost of it not working by default. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Which yeah. is my. My beef with that. But. Yeah. All right. I think we are ready to wrap up. Uh, so this has been the Circuit Python Weekly for November sixteenth, twenty twenty. Thank you to everyone who participated. If you want to support Adafruit and Circuit Python. And those of us that work on CircuitPython, considering, consider purchasing from the Adafruit shop at adafruit.com. The video of this meeting will be released on YouTube at youtube.com slash Adafruit, and the podcast will be available on major podcast services. It will also be featured in the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. Please visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe. The next meeting will be held 
on Monday as usual. I believe that is Monday the 23rd um, at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, the meeting is held on the Adafruit Discord, which you can join at any time by going to adafru.it slash discord, and we are available there all week. To be notified about the meeting and any changes to the time or day, um, you can be asked to be added to the CircuitPythonistas role on Discord. We usually send a couple notifications per week, mostly regarding the meeting. And that is our CircuitPython Weekly. We hope to see you all next week. Thanks, everyone.